Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Morning. All right. Okay, we're going to... Uh, my name is Pastor Tim. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Those of you that might not know, so call me Tim. Um, we love the people that feel far away from God. We love the people that feel dry. We love the people that feel like um, they don't belong. And, we, and that experience that you saw today when, when you were interviewed... Up there, we want that experience for everybody. And we don't do it perfectly, but we, we want to do it more and more often. And, and we want you to feel loved. And more than feeling loved here, we want you to, to feel the love of Jesus. We want you to experience the love of God. And in keeping with that, honestly, I don't even have to preach today because of what was shared uh, by you and by Pastor Stephen when he got up to pray there. It was, it was awesome. Um, what we want to do to begin with here is we want to actually pray the Lord's Prayer. And I want to give you one simple tool you can keep in your, in your tool bag to maintain and grow your sense of the presence of God in your life. So what I'd like to do right now, before we get too much farther, is I'd like us as a congregation to pray the Lord's Prayer. And this is, we're not a liturgical church. Well, I mean, we, we got liturgy because you got to have a routine, right? But, but, um, but we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer right now. I would like us to pray it all together. This is the King James Version because it's the only one I really remember because as a kid, this is what we prayed every Friday morning in school when, when prayer was still in school. There you go. Okay. So could we stand for a second before you get super comfortable? So I want to start with the verse, Our Father. We pray this as a congregation. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, thank you. You can be seated. All right, my question, while that prayer is still fresh in your mind, is did something stick out? Was there one part of that that your heart engaged with a little bit more than another part? It's like, oh, I let you, my daily bread, my daily bread. Let your kingdom come, which will be done. Forgive me my trespasses. Forgive me my debts as I forgive those who trespass against me. Was there something that stood out to you as you prayed that prayer? Pursue it. Pursue it. Let that, let that spin off and spin into another prayer. So I, I meet so many wonderful people that, 
that uh, take this, you know, I'm, I'm going to forget some here. We got prayer tomorrow night at the church from 6 till 8. Look at that, I remembered. So every, every fourth Monday, we get together as a congregation and we pray right here. In the first hour, it sounds like a long time, but it's really not. First hour, we just spend time in private contemplation, prayer, writing. God, what are you saying? And it's just kind of on your own in different pockets of the room, just sitting alone. I love that part. I'm really introspective and, and introvert, and I love it. And then the second part from 7 to 8, and sometimes it goes 7 to 7.45, we pray for the city. We pray for the church. We pray for the needs that, that arise. And we, we aim at seeing God's presence move in this church to free people from chains and to break out across the city of Calgary. We pray for that. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. All right? So, okay, we'll go back to what I was talking about. Lord's Prayer. Let's talk about the Lord's Prayer. I meet many wonderful people. That's where I was. I meet many wonderful people who struggle, and they consider it their greatest accomplishment to sort of make it from Sunday to Sunday. And they get enough sustenance and encouragement on a Sunday morning because of this atmosphere that we've built here. I mean, there's the technical atmosphere, the lights and the sound, and the fact that we've got no windows here. It's like a, it's like a Vegas casino in here. But, but, oh, Jesus. Jesus help us. But... But we've really worked hard to create a really awesome atmosphere here. Everything is measured and controlled. We try to be excellent in what's happening here. And uh, so that we can nurture an atmosphere over our lives. And that, that in itself can carry a lot of people from Sunday to the next Sunday. And they're like, I made it to Sunday. All right. And that's an accomplishment. That is a brilliant, honest, awesome accomplishment. Now we want to up that game. When I talk to many of them, their quiet time exists around... Um, either non-existent and no judgment for that or maybe they, they put on some worship music on their, on their long commute or on their long ride on the sea train I think that's brilliant I think God uses that all the time I just want to give you one more tool one more tool and this actually came out of a conversation I had with my friend Sean he was a monk a fighting monk um, and it's something that I've practiced quite often in my own life. You pray the Lord's Prayer. And then, you know, I don't know what else to do. I don't, know what, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start in the Bible. I don't know where to read. Just start there. Before people could read, these are some of the things that they would do. They would pray the Lord's Prayer. And then you ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I'm going to pray that. Let your kingdom come. Yeah, I'll, what leaps into my heart, your kingdom come. So, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in my life. Let your kingdom come in my friends' lives, in my family lives, in my kids' life, in my workplace, in my city. I admit that my, my, your kingdom has not come into my life. Please forgive me where I have resisted your kingdom. I receive your love right now in Jesus' name. So there's a tool. If maybe you didn't have a tool up to this point, there's just a little one, a little one that'll take you to the next step. You know, you're going to grow in your routine with Christ every day. And I want to touch on that just a little bit. You want to grow in your routine with Christ every day. Here's just one more little tool to take you a little bit farther. 
all right? Because we want people to walk around aware that they're loved by God. We want people to walk around aware that God is near them and in them if they have asked Jesus into their life. Why do I say all this, Tim? I say all this because I'm going to preach on the end of Colossians today. And I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a sticky situation because where I begin in Colossians is where Apostle Paul tells you what to do. And if you do not, if you're feeling dry, if you're feeling distant from God, if you have not managed the, the atmosphere and the weather in your own heart and in your own mind, if you have not managed your own feelings and your own decisions well, this is going to be very difficult for you. And I don't want to lay a burden on anybody. I don't want to lay a, a law on anybody. I don't want to drop conduct on anybody without a why. And whenever you read a letter to Paul, I need a Kleenex. I'm just going to be, sorry. Whenever you read anything written, thank you. Whenever you read anything written by Paul. Oh my gosh. It's all good. If you're listening to my podcast, we're just uh, feeling the presence of God right now. Here we go. So we're getting to that place in Colossians where he tells you what to do. The practice of managing your life. But if you haven't been managing the truth in your own life up to this point, th this is nigh on impossible and heartbreaking, and it leaves you feeling condemned if you can't do it. So I just want to give a quick synopsis of what's kind of focused on, oh, hey, you know what? Yeah, thank you. Unless you want to hang out. Like, I mean, you're totally welcome, but thank you. The synopsis of Colossians. This is all about the gospel. He talks about the good news again and again and again and again. And then he unpacks it in so many ways. He's moving from the why of the gospel to the how in Colossians 6. Let me just notice a couple of times where he mentions the gospel here. Colossians 1, 4, and 5, he says, We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. So faith, love, come from hope. You've had this expectation ever since you first heard the good news. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it has changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Okay. So over and over again in here, he's talking about the gospel. Chapter 1, verse 19 to 23 Here's the gospel. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who are once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth Hear this part. You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Here's what it does not say. You must continue to believe this truth and feel it mightily. Okay? Feeling begins with standing. 
feeling begins with standing. My question to us here today is the weather vane or the compass, which gets you home? Which arrow do you follow? I've come in church services like many other people have, and you come in, and it's like, God is far. God is far away. God is not near. I am dry. I am distant. I am cut off. Here's what it says. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. How do I do that? If I'm at the beck and call of my feelings, if I've made the decisions that my feelings determine my faith, I'm in a predicament. That's a huge predicament for me. And I do not want to live there. I've been there, and I don't like it. I want to move on to nurturing my faith and knowing the presence of God every day, expecting him and being aware of him in every relationship I have. When I get to Colossians 3, in verse 18, this is the doing part right here. And this is where, let me just read you some of the things that need to be done. Wives, submit to your husbands. It's fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Never treat them harshly. When it says harshly there, it says never cause them to be bitter. Never cause your wife to be bitter. It says, children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything. Try to please them all the time. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. So I've got the drama happening in my own mind as my emotions whip back and forth. Every time I have a thought, a feeling comes with it. And my feelings can change in an instant. On top of managing the atmosphere and the weather pattern in my own head, I've got to manage my relationships with other people. I have to manage myself being under authority. I have to manage myself being in authority and being good. I have to manage the repercussions of all these things when we work and, and live and relate in a broken world and everybody's just a little bit busted. How do I do this? First of all, I have to decide, it's a decision, can I change how I feel? Can I change how I feel? And there's a time in my life when I would say no, there is, I cannot change how I feel. So I, I tried an experiment, and this, this can be your homework. I want everybody to go home and watch The Notebook. <laughs> watch The Notebook. Sit there, sit there, just, 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 just sit there. <laughs> just sit there and watch the notebook. Right after you finish the notebook, make a note. It's like, this is how I'm feeling. And I want you to rent Taken. <laughs> and I want you to journal how you feel. 
new journal. I need a special set of tools. I feel like Father's Day is just the best time to watch Taken. And, and I just feel the, the righteous, the righteous fury and violence that is justifiable when you're a dad and someone takes your kid and it's like, there's no rules after that. Anything goes, because it's Taken. I'm Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Did I say the right Nielsen? Liam Nielsen. Liam Nielsen. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. Um, You can. You can control how you feel. Now, there's, and, and there's different feelings, again, and there's things that override your whole life. There's things traumatic that happened to you as a kid that, that if that was a sapling tree and something traumatic happened to it, it bent it. And that bent lasted for 40 years. The, the impact of that storm when you were a child lasted for years and decades. That is a big weather system. That is a big wind. And those may take a bit more attention, and they may take professional counseling. They may take deeper relationships with people to walk through and to trust God for healing in that. That's a category right there. I'm talking about that and a lot of the smaller things as well. But every time you have a thought, you generate a feeling with that. Right? You need, we need to base our life on the truth of God. We need to base our life on the truth of God. Right? I, and I think maybe some other people can identify with this, but I have, I have used my feelings um, as a compass, I, as a weather vane. I have mistaken the weather vane of my feelings for a clue to the direction I was supposed to take. Right? It's like, oh, I feel terrible today. It is a bad day. Yeah, it is. If you keep saying that. If you've decided that if you feel like it's going to be a bad day, you've decided it's a bad day, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. All right. We need to make a decision. What kind of day is it? This is a day that the Lord gave me. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's a decision. We choose faith is a decision. Faith is a decision long before it's a feeling. Okay? Faith is a decision long before it's a feeling. We have the power to manage ourselves. We have the grace of God to manage our lives. And we need to let that be the first thing that, that we allow to be true in our life. Is it a feeling? Is that, is that fact true? I mean, is that fact something that our, our feelings would agree with? Maybe not. Would our experience agree with that? Maybe not. But I hold to you, ask yourself, give yourself a little room and just say, hey, maybe, maybe this is true. If you don't believe it right now, fine. Just give it a maybe. Maybe it's true. Maybe faith is a, is a decision. Start there. Maybe my feelings are not the gospel. Maybe my feelings are not gospel truth. Maybe they're a weather vane that I've been following and allowing that needle, that arrow to point me where to go. And it's brought me in circles. We want to switch from following the arrow on a weather vane to the needle on a compass. That's a decision. That's a decision. How do we do that? How do we do that? 
I gave you one tool right at the beginning of our message here, that we pray the Lord's Prayer. We're going to spend time in what we meditate on. We're going to spend time giving time to what is true, not just lip service to it, not just an agreement once a Sunday, which may be enough to get you to the next. We want to increase from a lip service to what is true to a daily meditation on it of what is true. Right? Everybody meditates. Everybody. We're going to nurture our faith by meditating on the word. Because what you give your attention to, it changes you. Okay? Hollywood depends on this. What you put your attention on changes your feelings. We just talked about that with Taken in the Notebook. When we go to a movie, we meditate for one and a half hours on what they present, and we feel different afterwards, and we like it. That's why we go. But there's some things that are said here in Colossians. It talks about letting your roots go down deep into him. Letting your roots go down, go down deep into Christ. Let your roots go down deep into the love of God. It talks about it in Ephesians as well. Let your roots go down deep into the love of God. I've spent 10 years letting my roots go down deep into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I have. I've meditated on it because how many hours have I put under my belt of watching the Marvel Universe. Now I'm just waiting, when is Pepper Potts going to get married to Tony Stark? Because it's like, it's there, it's just not happening. <laughs> My roots have gone down deep into that. Has it benefited me? No. <laughs> no, it is not. Not a bit. My relationships aren't stronger. My emotions, the same. So I have to let my roots go down deep into something else. If you're, the, if you're in that category of wonderful people that struggle to have a quiet time every day, begin with the Lord's Prayer. Take five minutes to read the Word of God, and right before you do it, say, Holy Spirit, please show me something. Help me to read this and to carry one thing away that I can, I can do today, one thing I can trust you for today. Let your roots go down deep into the love of Christ. If you watch Pastor Lorne, listen to him preach, you can actually build a collection of the thing in the ways that he reads the Bible. It's worth asking him about sometime. He tries to find Christ in every Old Testament passage. He's like, where's Christ? Where's Jesus in here? Somewhere. Jesus. There's an example of Jesus in here. Somewhere, an example of his character and his nature that, that is relevant to me. And I'll admit, I'd only find it easy to find. But it's there. And the more you look, the more often you're going to find. We don't want to walk around unaware of the love of God in our lives. Right? And, and the feeling that you have when you don't read your Bible and when you forget a Sunday, there's a feeling of like, gee, I wonder, like you begin to question the love of God. It's like, oh, I didn't go to church. I kinda, like, the wheels kind of fell off my life this week. I didn't make it to church. 
I didn't read my Bible. Ah. And there's a sense of like, yeah, I, if I do those things, it bolsters God's love for me. You're living out of your experience. What you, what's really happening, if, I, if we can talk about the mechanics of it, is that you are less aware of his love. You're not love less. You're less aware of his love. Okay? Can we make that distinction? Because God is good, and he loves you. Okay? And he manages himself very well in his relationship to you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Done. Done. I have loved you with a conditional love, do your devotions, share, some, share with Jesus with somebody and come to church. No. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Our job is to grow in the awareness of that because the awareness and the belief of that is what changes our behavior. Right? We want to be people that walk around knowing and enjoying the presence of God. Okay? Meditate. Meditate on his word. Keep leaving. I keep walking away from my notes. Keep coming back. All right. What's another thing you can do? All right. We're going to up our game just a, just a shade, just one tiny little step in how we spend time with God every day. I'm not going to go for like, oh, I'm going for an hour every day. You will do that for about a day. If you, if, if you never did it before, you'll do it for a day. And then you'll feel bad when you didn't do it the second or third day. Just raise the bar like just, just one notch. If you don't usually have a quiet time, download the Bible app, download a little devotional thing, start, do it. Use the Lord's Prayer. Go for it. If that's where you were before, bump it up another notch. I'm going to spend 10 minutes just waiting on God. Just up your game. Just a little bit. What's the second thing we can do? Oh, man. Okay. What's the second thing we can do? We're going to manage our relationships with people because when we step out and step into relationship with people, that is the exercising of our faith. The meditation and the waiting on God, that's the building of our faith, the, the nurturing of our faith. Now we're going to exercise that faith. We're going to be around people. And people are crazy. I think I might have said that last time. Yeah, they are. It's challenging to be around people. When God first got a hold of me, it was after I was, um, I went through a really hard time in the church that I grew up with. I didn't feel like I was a part of the youth group. Um, the youth group had a huge impact in my life. and It wasn't always good. And, and we're actually just praying and blessing the youth group here would just grow and increase and that they would experience the presence of God and they would experience people that can manage their relationships well and show young people how to do that. Give them examples of awesome marriages, mature responses to challenging moments and offenses. We want that for this youth group. I didn't have a good experience when I was growing up in the youth group. And I actually walked away from God. When God finally got a hold of my life, it was in a supernatural encounter. And my feeling and my experience of God just went to 100. It went from zero, distant. God, I don't think God even exists. And then I had to show up and I had to sit in this prayer meeting. And I sat there in the presence of God, just poof dropped on me. And I just wept. I wept for a solid day and a half. I drove home from that meeting that night crying. I woke up crying. And I knew that God was real. Feelings are at 100. 
and it, it healed a lot of the damage I had before that time when I was about to leave the church. But those feelings do not last. And I used to go home every day from, from school, and I used to sit in my bedroom, and I used to just feel the presence of God. But eventually, those feelings actually disappeared. They became sporadic, became momentary. And I was like, what's going on? It was kind of like when the Israelites are in the wilderness, and the cloud lifts and keeps going, keeps going. And you got all the right in the world to just sit where you are. You can sit in the middle of the desert, or you can follow that pillar of cloud during the day and that pillar of fire by night. You have that choice. And it's like the presence of God lifted from my room, and I couldn't experience God anymore. And I was like, what is going on? And I realized, like, oh, I'm an introvert. I don't like to be around people. And all of a sudden, the only way I could really properly experience God was among people. And so it taking me into relationships with people, and I would get offended, and I'd be like, oh, God, what is happening? What is going on? And I'd have to get healing. And then I'd experience God as my healer. Every time there was a crisis in the desert, Israelites are following God. There's a crisis. He leads them from crisis to crisis, from bitter waters to, to uh, angry countries that try to kill them. And they just keep saying yes to God. I'll keep following you. I'll keep following you. Oh, my gosh. All these all this horrendous things are happening. And every time they came to a horrendous moment, they discovered God, my healer. God, my provider. Something they never could have done if they just would have sat in the dust and watched the cloud move off and just go, well, I know he freed me from Egypt. Let's, let's just take what we got and just, and just make it. Make a little plot of dust. I can live in for the rest of my life. Or you follow God. And the place where God will go will be into relationships. They will go into relationships. And you will be hurt. Mm. We, we try to make this a safe place here. We really, really do. It is not perfectly safe. It is not perfectly safe. That, that does not exist except in heaven. All right? And we trust God for that. What we're about to do, though, right now is I want to give you one simple tool. And I just I give you an admonishment, an encouragement to don't run away from relationships. Do not run away from relationships. Here, here's the transition. I haven't even gotten to my section yet, and we're almost over. And here's, here's what's going on. So, like Pastor Lauren. All right. Since God, okay, 3 verse 12. Since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves you. He loves. You must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Um, we, we, sometimes we come into an environment like this and we have not made allowance for other people's faults. And when we're hurt, we're, we're surprised. And I, what it, my, my goal is not to make you jaded and just go, everybody's bad and hurtful. And blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying that as you manage your relationship with God, as you manage your relationship with the truth, as you dwell on the truth, 
you are going to grow in the grace of God. And you're going to have that, you're going to keep it in your mind to make an allowance for other people's faults. I took a counseling class a couple of years ago. Graham Brethrick, brilliant Christian psychologist, spirit-filled, intellectual, passionate, prophetic guy. We're actually going to bring him here in January. We're going to do some counseling classes. And um, what am I trying to say? I totally lost my train of thought. Um, we walked through some steps to forgiveness. And I, it was, I could tell it had been a while because by the time I was finished forgiving a list of people, like feeling the damage they did to me and forgiving them for that, all of a sudden, it was, it was like a weight came off my shoulders. It was like, oh, I haven't done this in a very long time. This is not a habit in my life. I don't have the habit of making allowance for other people's faults because they offend me. And then I say, oh, I'll just overlook it. Nobody ever truly overlooks a fault. Nobody truly ever overlooks a hurt that's been done to you. You really, really don't. But you think, oh, I shouldn't be that petty. We kind of are. <laughs> We're kind of that way. It's like, if you notice it, it's like, oh. Are you angry? No, I'm not angry. I'm uh, bothered. <laughs> I'm a little annoyed. You're angry. Just take it. Maybe it's not traumatic, but maybe, you know what, enough of those. If you get about 50 of them, it's going to overflow. Oh, look it over the first time. Uh, you get about 50 of those. That's just a, I'm just picking a number. But you fill up that tank with the fences, teeny tiny ones even. And then pff, they come rolling over the top. And you don't know what that's going to look like. You have no idea until it happens. And it's like, gee, I just blew up. What happened there? All right, we're coming to the end of this right now. So here's the place. You walk and you exercise your faith in relationships. Heads up. Make allowances for each other's faults. I can't even get into all the stuff around being under authority and with authority and things like that, but here's the thing to carry with you right now. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who has hurt you, who has wronged you. Don't take it for granted that you're just going to like, they didn't mean to do it, or, oh, you know, they're in a bad place and a you know, don't try and figure out their, their, their reasons for it. It might be good to do that, but it will not heal you. It's like someone, you know, accidentally winged you with a rifle, and it's like, oh, I know they didn't mean to do it. Uh, and that does not heal the wound. You're bleeding. You just took a, just took a bullet to the chest. Why they did it does not always matter at that point. What matters is what you're going to do with it. Are you going to forgive? So, so let's, let's keep understanding that we might be a little more touchy and petty than we realize, and we might be overlooking things that actually need to be forgiven, like deliberately forgiven, where you actually go to God and you go, here's, exact, here's this person specifically, here's exactly what they did. Here's how it's caused me to respond to other people. Here's the weight I felt because of that and the damage it's actually done. If it helps, you can write a letter. Don't mail it, but write it but write it. I, I went through this 
with my wife, Melissa, I wrote a letter to, to um, a person who had hurt me deeply when I was a kid. I wrote it out and like, um, my language got a little salty in the letter. And, and then I was like, okay, how dare you? How could have you? Here's what it did. Here's how I felt. Blah, 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 blah. I gave it to Melissa. I said, honey, read this back to me. She, wrote, she read it back to me. And to hear your feelings coming through in another person's voice, this wasn't about Melissa. Let me just say that for sure. <laughs> she read it back to me in her voice. And I was like, dang, I feel the weight of that. That's horrendous. I've got some steps to forgiveness that actually came out of a book by Graham Brethrick. This is just one of them. But suffice it to say, you need to feel the weight of what you're forgiving. If you're, you can't overlook it, you got to feel the weight of it. You say it hurts. It's like, okay, fine. You don't have to go to it all the time. Go back to it and feel it all. Detail it down. Even write it down if you need to. And then forgive him. Forgive him in Jesus' name. I don't feel like it. We just went through that. This isn't about what you're feeling. This is about acknowledging the truth of what's happened. I forgive them in the name of Jesus. I release them from any payment, justice, any recompense, any revenge. I declare that, that we're even. Our bank account is even. They're forgiven. They do not owe me a thing. I release them in Jesus' name from anything they owed to me. You'll find that God is faithful. You'll find that God is faithful as you walk with him among people. Don't run away from your relationships with people. Don't run away from relationships in here. Don't run away from relationships in your family. This is where you exercise your faith and you know that God is faithful and you trust him as you walk with him. Okay? So we're just going to wrap it up now. We've got one more song. And after that song is over, I would love, uh, we'll have the prayer team here to pray with anyone.